to another Tabletop Ramble. I'm your host, Jacko. On this week's show, we've got the legendary father figure of Tabletop Gaming. It's Dan Hughes. In the Kickstarter kick-around, we take a look at Kingdoms of the Deep, Castles of Mad King Ludwig Collector's Edition, and Colossal. But before that, here's this week's Tabletop Gaming News. from last week's show where we looked at PortalCon, I wanted to have a look at a couple of extra games that were also there. first one is called Eleven. Eleven is an economic strategy game set in the world of football or soccer, depending on what part of the world you're in. In the game, you're looking to manage and grow your own football team over the course of a season. Each player will face changes such as hiring staff members, such as coaches, physical therapists, even PR specialists. You'll also need to acquire sponsorship deals and expand the stadium itself. One of the key things you'll be looking to do is transfer new players in and out of the club and select tactics for the up-and-coming matches. Eleven is a scenario-driven game. It's going to include six different scenarios that challenge players with different starting situations and goals that you're looking to achieve in the season. In the beginning, the task will be simple. You have to climb steps of the Football League and achieve the appropriate experience. You maybe have to manage a club that's in crisis, and at other times you will have to rejuvenate the football team of players that are not so young anymore and maybe look to try and get them retired, or maybe you're looking to develop some young players and promote them from the youth team. Eleven is designed by Dutch author Thomas Janssen and is made for one to four players, and the game lasts between one and two hours, depending on the number of players. This one's going to be really interesting for me because I've not come across a football-style game that works yet, not in the ball game anyway. I am, however, a massive fan of the likes of Football Manager that you can get on the PC. So if this can incorporate that sort of gameplay, then I'm going to be very interested to see how this one works. Another game that was announced at PortalCon was Dreadful Circus. This is a set collection game in which players try to create the most successful circus. The game comes with a unique twist, though. Over the course of the game, players will buy cards that have special final scoring rules. As the game progresses and more cards are gained, each player develops their own final scoring rules and no player at the table scores the same way. This sounds really good. I like the way that this has sort of developed its own twist. I really like the aspect of every game being totally different and you'll be developing different tactics from game to game. This is designed by industry legend Bruno Fatudi and is for 4-8 to eight players and should take between 30-40 minutes to play. <laughs> Renegade Game Studios have announced a new flip and write game for 2021 called Hadrian's Wall. This is designed by Bobby Hill and is going to be his first published design. The game plays for 1-6 players and is recommended for ages 12 and up with a playtime between 30-60 to 60 minutes. In Hadrian's Wall, the players will play as Roman generals who are tasked with building up the defences of the Empire. Over the course of six rounds, you need to construct a mile castle and a wall. In the meantime, you also need to man your defences and attract visitors by providing different services and entertainment for them. The game uses multi-use cards to accomplish all of that. Hadrian's Wall is available for pre-order at the Renegade website. We'll post a link to that on our website and is expected to deliver in the second quarter of 2021. Free League Publishing have announced a starter set for their highly rated dark fantasy tabletop role-playing game, Symborum. The starter set, called Treasure Hunts in Davakar, is the perfect entry point to venture deep into the lush world and offers treasure hunts and expeditions in the mysterious forest. The set is coming with everything that you need to start playing, including two ready-made adventured sites, 
guidelines for creating treasure hunt adventures, a 64-page rulebook, a 64-page adventure compendium, dice, two double-sided full-color maps, and six printed character sheets with pre-made player characters. This is due for release on February the 16th. The Tabletop Ramble are getting our Discord channel firmly underway. We'll be doing a bit of playtesting and it's all starting to take shape quite nicely. On the channel we're going to be have a variety of different rooms so if you want a chat in a, your own little forum all that will be there. We'll be highlighting different bits and pieces from the show and one of the features that we're trying to work on at the moment is actually doing live playthrough where a member of the Ramble team will be hosting the game and you'll be able to join in play alongside. We'll also try and have the capacity where if you were to try and do it yourself there will be tables made available so if you wanted to host that would also be possible. At the moment this is very much in alpha testing stage. We are moving on to beta testing so if you are quite tempted to join in with us drop us a line. At the moment we are ironing out any little problems that we're coming across but hopefully this will be available soon. If you fancy getting involved with the beta testing and uh, yeah, just stick with us because like I say we are still trying it out, then again, drop me a line at tabletopramble at gmail.com. I'll be sharing the links to the Discord channel over various sites, so it'll be appearing on Twitter, Facebook and our own website. So it'd be great to have you join us in the Tabletop Ramble Discord server. And finally, I'd like you all to give a massive welcome to our latest rambler, Ben Riley. Ben is going to be joining us on the show and he's going to be doing various bits and pieces all around the website and on the Discord channel. So so if you do come across Ben, make sure you do say hello. If you fancy following in Ben's footsteps and join us on the Ramble team, then there's still plenty of work to be done. So feel free to drop me an email at tabletopramble at gmail.com. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a national board gaming celebrity in Mark Cook from Leeds who joined us. Oh, I wouldn't have... Doug, you carry on, sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. I'm building up, I'm building up. You probably heard his voice. I was going to say, I wouldn't have been on if, you did, if I'd known that Mark Cook had been on before me. <laughs> well, this week, we're sticking in Yorkshire, but have gone to an international star. Yes, that's more like it's it. <laughs> it's Huddersfield's answer to Tom Vassell. It's Dan Hughes. Hello, hello. Huddersfield's answer to Tom Vassell. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Oh. So, how you been keeping then, Dan? I- I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm uh, bored of everyone else's with the with the third lockdown. Um, but but I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm finding that this is all like like a lot of things that when it comes to trilogy, the original's always the best. <laughs> but, yeah. It's true. This one, this one does seem to be. I'm a bit bored of it now. The novelty's worn off, and it's just drudge now, isn't it? It's just yeah. drudge. But yeah, but you know, never mind. On we go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, we plod on. <laughs> right. So for anybody, I mean, I can't imagine there isn't anybody out there. But for anybody who doesn't know, yeah. Um, I mean, Dan, he, like I say, he is an absolute celebrity out there in the board game. <laughs> I'm, world. I'm not sure about this, but yeah, go on. <laughs> I mean, you, you've done things like, I mean, you was like the original host on the brilliant podcast, This Board Game is Broken. Yep. Um, you've done that with Dave Loser, Matt Jude and the uh, Brothers Murph. That, I mean, how was that? How did that come about? Uh, that, well, that was that was all my idea, really, to be honest. Um, I, I, I decided that there wasn't enough comedy in, in um, board gaming. Uh, I thought there was a, a, a gap in the market. There's lots of informational stuff, podcasts and, and videos and things like that. But this was kind of three years ago now, and um, and it felt like the the the, the me, board game media had opened up enough to to be room for kind of more niche things. I'm a massive fan of um, kind of British comedies like um, um, I'm sorry I haven't a clue and QI and and um, all the kind of panel shows and would I lie to you and all that kind of stuff. Big big fan of panel shows, and I thought well. And, and and one of the things I'm really one's one favorite one was never mind the buscocks, which was one all based around music. So I thought, yeah. so I thought, well, there's you know why not steal that idea um, and and do a never mind the buscocks type stuff, but with for for board games. And so I was fortunate enough to know Matthew Jude very well. He's one of my best friends, and um, and I'd met Dave Loser and and kind of knew knew the brothers Murph. And I knew they were all funny people. So I thought, well, let's let's get them all on and start that. So so I, yeah, so. Um, so Matthew and I kind of started it. I kind of uh, Matthew kind of edited it and I produced it and hosted it, and then um, 
and then after a while, uh, it got too much work for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I handed over the reins just to Matthew and, and uh, moved on. But there was no hard feelings. It was just, um, it was just becoming a, a bit of a, a, a full time job. And I've already, I already had a full time job, if you see what I mean. So uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of work that goes on with making the questions and building the audience, and then you know a lot of behind the scenes work, which I, I wasn't wasn't able to do well and keep a family life and keep a work life. So something had to give. I mean, I'm the only person in that entire group who doesn't want to be a professional board game media person, if that makes any sense. So I found yeah. I found myself working so hard and not even wanting the potential reward at the end of it. I just want to mess around with my friends type type stuff. There's easier ways of doing that than doing a, you know, a quiz show every two weeks and writing all the questions and, and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, well, for anyone who's not listening to it, it's well worthwhile picking up. I mean, it is the ball game's answer. It's like, say, like, question of sport and QI. Yeah. It, is, it is absolutely fantastic. It was better earlier on, wasn't it? About, about, about oh, the, the yeah, early yeah, years were the best years, I think. <laughs> yeah, again, it's always it started. I mean, yeah, sometimes you think, well, maybe they should just be quit. <laughs> no, 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 they, they're all doing a fine job. I've got, they've got Paula on there as well now, Paula Deming, who's, who's amazing and far better than I ever was. Um, and, and, it just goes to show I was right about this comedy thing because the, the whole kind of sketch comedy and, and stuff has really kind of taken off in board game media um, since I, so I, I'd like to say I started it all. I mean, I'd be, I'd be completely lying, but I'd like to say I started it all anyway. Oh, I don't know. I think, I think like I say, you, you definitely laid the foundations. That's yeah. Yeah. Way. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. So not only did you do that, I mean, you're also quite famous for doing the, your stuff on the Dice Tower. Now, one of my favourite programmes, uh, well, I don't know what you call it, um, what would you call it, when you used on the ball game breakfast, yeah. you'd done the, um, a part that was called the um, the time... The oh, time board capsule. game time capsule, yeah, that was that was actually board game blender, yeah, that, 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 that's, that, that's, a, that's a while ago now, that was again another attempt to, to bring comedy to to board gaming i don't know if it worked or not but yeah yeah no i enjoyed doing that that was good well what i want to know is have you still got the cat i have i have it's 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 feet away from me now yeah yeah it's a little metal box yeah that i used to tip tip the contents of board games in and and pretend i was going to bury them in my garden for the ages um that always used to make me cringe when you used to tip all the stuff in. I used to hate it. I'm like, no, you can't tip it. Yeah, I, I can't remember what game it was. I think it might be Marvel Legendary. I once tipped in, and it took me um, took me the entire afternoon to untip it because all the all the cards got mixed up. It was like, yeah, I wish I'd done that now. Yeah, this, yeah. Tom, Tom Bassel stopped doing that now, hasn't he? Stopped uh, tipping all these. His cards all over the place. No, I, I'll get nervous if like a one game sort of, but to do it every time and they, all the pieces go everywhere. Oh, yeah, makes me <laughs> shudder. <laughs> so, one of the other things that I mean, and I think this is we're getting the real crux where you really, really made your name, or where somebody else made your name. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've done nothing but leech off others throughout my entire board game media career. That's my. Uh, that's my uh, unique selling point is I, I find the talent of others and leech off it. Well, I suppose, again, you could say you produce this. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I'm the guiding light. Yeah. What I'm on about. Okay, so the ones I said, you used to do a brilliant uh, series with your daughter called Cora. Yep. And you used to do games that, well, I mean, was it started when she was Start with, I, I mean, right? I'm still doing that, actually. We're still, we're still appearing on the Dice Tower um, every now and again. We, we have our own standalone videos sometimes. And we're also on Board Game Breakfast now and again. Um uh, yeah, she she was four years old, and and basically we re- review kids games um, because because it, it, it's interesting because because although board gaming is a niche within society, you know quality hobby kids board gaming is a niche within a niche without within our hobby, and and not many people are quite aware even with within board gaming what wonderful kids games are out there, and I just wanted to kind of highlight some of those um, and and kind of be a be a resource for people. And and also, to be honest, I just wanted to um, have fun with my daughter. She she really enjoys recording videos, and and now she's eight. She really enjoys the fact she's a YouTuber because I mean, I, yeah, kids 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 don't watch TV anymore. All they do is watch YouTube. Um, so we may not be quite the, the same status as Jazza and Dan, Danny the Diamond Minecart, but um, but we're uh, but you know she she can tell her friends she's a YouTuber. She she likes that. Um, yeah, and and just yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I mean, because we were actually massive fans, and this is probably how we got to know you most. Because I got a daughter exactly the same. All age, right, okay. And 
she used to love like watching that program and so and she would be sort of saying oh can we try this game and to be fair i don't remember you actually picking a bad one like every single game you selected that we tried was a good one so yeah i really do take my hat off the the amount of uh, research and the, the good games that you picked yeah I, I don't know about like research it just kind of um uh for, for a while i was i was getting review copies i'm trying to stay away from review copies now because there's there's a there's a lot of obligation not to review them positively, but to even review them at all. And 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 when when you're um when you're working with a, a kid, um, a, a, not even working when you're doing something with a child, there's one thing I've never wanted to happen with Cora is her to feel like recording a video or playing a board game is an obligation. Um, and and when you start getting review copies through. They're basically little boxes of obligation that that are disguised as things that are free, and so and so yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, no, we the, well, there's so many good kids games out there. That's why there's just so many really positive kids games. I mean, I don't, have you ever been to Essen, Jack? No, I've not managed to get over there yet. I mean, I've done the virtually last year. <laughs> well, that wasn't that was yeah. Uh, less said about that. But, well, I mean, it was all right. They did the best they could, didn't they? But but it wasn't exactly thrilling. Um, no, well, when you go to Essen, there's all these Euro games and, and fantastic games and big booths full of stuff and things like that. And um, and there's all these wonderful, you know, grown-up games. That's fantastic. But you go home, and then two weeks later, they're available in your local game shop or your online game shop or wherever. You know, they're, they're all still there. But there's also stalls and stalls and stalls full of absolutely marvellous kids' games, because mainly because Germany has a much different culture towards kids' games than, than the UK does and, and America does as well, I think. Um, I mean, it's getting better. There, there are fantastic games companies that you know, both both countries that that do have wonderful games. But but Germany is just amazing, and there's so many kids games. And then you go back home, and two weeks later, none of them exist. It's like they all evaporate. And and I wanted to kind of dig those out. So I used to. So not only did I pick loads up at Essen whenever I've been to Essen, but I also used to um, make mass orders on Amazon, uh, the German Amazon. You know, I used to see what was popular. Watch a video or two of them and, and and bring them over and things like that. Just to just to, so I suppose I did do research. Yeah, to be fair, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But 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 to play with Cora as much as anything, but also you know yeah to to spread the word really. Yeah, well, like you say, I think in a funny way, it's gaming with kids. It, it really does bring you closer oh, as does, a family, yeah. and it's so you know. I, I, it was really nice to actually be able to watch something and to have my sister, my, my, sorry, my sister, no, she <laughs> went there, my daughter sit down with me and to sort of like, and it's really got her interest going. And yeah, so it was really nice. I mean, there's so many good games out there now. And I think a lot of them, not only good for kids, but they are playable. Yeah, yeah. Well. And I think, I think that's really, I mean, it depends how young your kids are. When, when your kids are four, three, four, five, then any game you're going to play with them, isn't going to give you a great deal. The, the, the pleasure in that game is is usually going to be um, the enjoyment of spending time with somebody you love rather than the actual mechanics in the game itself, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're still good games, but um, but still. But as they get a little bit older, um, then you, you, there's some amazingly good games that work well as a work well as you know for a light adults. You know, you, you can bring them out with your mates as well for for light fun, or you can play them with your kids. And it's, you know, it, it, it really versatile. Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, like I say, for one, one of the examples I would say is probably, I don't know if you played Honk. Uh, I have. I've got it behind me, actually. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I think that's an absolutely fantastic game. And I would happily play that one. Yeah. It, it, and it's very, that that's another one that's really quite unique and has got some very innovative stuff going on. That, you know, it's it's a very interesting worker placement game. Um and and but also it's it's fantastic for kids. It's really really yeah yeah. Hunger's fantastic yeah. Yeah, I mean there's quite a few that would sort of fall in that sort of line. I must admit, but that was one of the first ones that sprang to mind. That when my kids say, "Oh, can we play that?" I'll be like, "Yeah, no worries." I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to grind you into the dirt. But this is it, and like say, King Domino would be another one that would yeah yeah yeah. So, there are definitely these games out there that are appropriate for all ages. Yeah, yeah. certainly, certainly, it's it, it's it's really good. So. Obviously, we're in this funny world at the moment, and we've had all these like lockdowns and homeschooling. How's that been? For well, you? well, it, I'm. I don't know about you. I, you say you got your child the same. Is, is is that your youngest child or or oldest? Uh, that's the uh, that's the eldest. I've got an eight year old. Right. So so you're 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 right in the thick of it. It it it, it it's oh, it's yeah. my belief that the lockdown 
has been the hardest on the preteen um, people out of everybody in in the population. You you know you you not to fives. Their their life revolves around their parents anyway. They probably haven't noticed much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, your teenagers and above you know, you and I, we've got social media, we've got our friends we can still interact with online. You know, my, I've got a 14-year-old son, he's playing with his um, friends on Xbox, but my daughter's, you know, doing watch parties on on uh, TikTok or whatever they do. I don't know, I don't understand what's going on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she's in... Yeah, it's a bar- <laughs> in Instagram and TikTok, it was MySpace back in my day. Anyway, um, yeah. so so that's, 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 that's great, but for kind of the eleven, five to eleven-year-olds, their their social lives are are just developing, and then suddenly they're being confined to like three rooms. They can't go out on their own. They can't even go out on their own for a walk. They've got to go out with parents because they're too young, um, and and so suddenly their life has just shrunk down to just their parents at the time where they should be really exploring the world and, and, and things like that, uh, and kind of expanding their horizons. And I just think it's. It's a tragedy. I mean, the whole thing's a tragedy. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not, but but I really do feel for 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 that age kids group, uh, and it's such a shame. It's such a shame. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, because we're doing all this homeschooling, I think some people are handling it better than others. And you managed to come up with quite a nice. Hey, you're project. good at this, aren't you? You're good at this. <laughs> this, this, this oh, it's smooth, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, the second, yeah. Well, I, I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, pa- the initial lockdown, and I don't know about your your school, but the teacher was kind of caught on the on the back foot really a little bit, and so they were sending things home, but but it was things like research Romans on the internet, and it's like oh good, uh, so you know you do that for a couple of hours, and then you kind of run into you both both will become a bit apathetic about that kind of stuff, um, do a few maths worksheets, and and by the afternoon you kind of finish the homeschooling, yet you've got you don't want to just let I didn't want to just let Cora just kind of vegetate. You know, in front of in front of YouTube or whatever, I wanted to try and keep keep her active and keep her excited. And so we decided. We I just suggested to her, do, do you want to make a board game? Um, and you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And and it wasn't intended to be anything other than just a, a project for us two to do together. So there was a bit of maths in there for probabilities. There's quite a lot of art in there. She. We we decided we wanted to do a a dungeon crawler. She'd seen me play dungeon crawlers with my friends and also do role playing games and things like that, and she wanted to join in that. But but the ones that I've got like claustrophobia and things like that, just a little bit too, well, a bit too dark for a child, um, <laughs> yeah. and also the mechanics just a bit too much. I mean, she could probably stumble her way through them, but it would be stumbling her way mm. through them. Um, yeah. And so we thought, well, well, let's just make a let's just make a, a dungeon crawler. And she, she was well up for it. So as I say, we made a, a pretty basic dungeon crawler, you know, as simple as we could. And we were playing it and I posted on Facebook, you know, you know, done done, done this dungeon crawler. We call it Cora Quest, you know, after Hero Quest. And um she uh she yeah, a friend of mine, sorry, a friend of mine, Gary, um, he's an incredibly talented artist, and just for a joke, he kind of mocked up a, a board game box. Saying Cora Quest coming to Kickstarter too, ha 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 ha, and and you know when something a kind of light goes off in your head, and you go, oh, you know, I, I, I never even thought of taking it further beyond our kitchen table, but it, but it's like, oh, yeah. okay, well, this would be, this would be interesting. I'm always looking for a new. One of the things about me is I'm always looking for a new project. You know, I, I like to start things, I like to drive things forward, um, because it just keeps me going, really. So I thought, well, let's have, let's have a let's have a look at this. So initially, and Gary said, "Well, I'll do the pictures. So you you know, I'll do the art for you. You're all right." So initially, we were looking at doing it as a print and play, um, and so we sent it off. To, we made a print and play, and the other, other kind of original game with a few modifications. And we sent it off to a load of people just to try it out, and they they sent back some really good feedback, and and it all developed. and And there was, there was like I think there's been about twenty eureka moments where each time the game got better and better, and and it got to a hmm. point where we thought, well. I think this this has got a genuine place on a family board gaming shelf here, rather than just a, a you know a fun project. I, th- I think I think this has got something of value for the entire for the family gaming market. There's not many um, kind of dungeon crawler or narrative led kind of board games for kids. Um, there's 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 stuff fables, there's uh, mice and mystics, um, and then you start running dry, and then and then you start thinking, well, kids can probably play Descent, and kids can probably play this, but it's not it's not targeted at that kind of six to ten age group there's 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 very little out there that's actually a merry trashy 
So, yes, yes. so we thought, oh, okay, well, let's 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 think about a Kickstarter. And then, and to be fair, this was Gary's idea. Gary got this wonderful idea of of using Cora's art in it as actually the proper art, and he just colours it in, basically. So all <laughs> the art in in the game is 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 caught. Well, a lot of the art's Cora's. And then we decided, well, if Cora's yeah. to it, why don't we just open that up and just say any kid can send us in art, you know, monsters and things like that. And we'll we'll get the ones that fit really well, and we'll colour them in. Gary colours them in, um, so they all kind of. I mean, Gary's an incredible good artist. He, he makes them look wonderful, but he also retains the kind of spirit of the original board, drawing and things as well. Uh, and so and so, yeah. um, kid, kids drew their the pictures, and we coloured them in. So so the, all the art it looks looks it's all done by kids. And then, and then again, another one of these eureka moments. We thought. Well, actually, it's not that hard to create heroes for this game. It's not that hard to create monsters for this game. It's not that hard to create these quests for this game. It's a, it's quite an adaptable, customizable system. So if we put kind of rules in, and I say rules in Invert Comic because they're very simple rules, on how to make these things, then each family can have their very own version of Korra Quest. We can, we can have our own. We'll, we'll, we'll send them quests and heroes and monsters to use. If they want to use ours, and there's a full game there. But also, there's massive customizational type stuff, and we've even got like another friend of mine made us a web app, so you can you can upload a picture you've, your kids done, or you've done, or even a photo of yourself if you want to, or whatever, and then that, and then choose all the different abilities, and and or even make your own custom abilities, and then um, print it out, and it prints out the the official kind of character card with your picture on it and all your choices on it, and also a standee. So you can use. So we've got people who've made their own. They've just put selfies of the entire family, and their family is adventuring through this dungeon. Um, you know, with their with their names written on it and stuff like that. So you know, and the dog, the dog's a character or, or whatever. So so, and, and that way we felt the the joy and the the enjoyment that me and Corey got from creating the game. We can also give to other people, if you see what I mean. You know, you've got that option of, of being able to do that yourself as well. You can share in that joint. You can make this game your own, and this this is going to be yours and nobody else's. And if you want to, you can you can send it to us, and we'll upload it on our website, and the entire world can can download it and play it as well. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I do go on. I apologize, but I'm quite excited about, I'm quite excited about how, how it's all gone. So, so it's kind of gone from this this thing we did just – I idly suggested to, uh, to Cora that we might want to do – and then, like seven, eight months later, there's this. We're on the on the it's tomorrow actually eve of launching the the Kickstarter of this project, which I'm incredibly proud of, and I think has got a real place. I mean, I would say that, wouldn't I? But I think it's got a real place on the on the shelves of a lot of board gaming families. You know. Oh, definitely. I mean, to be honest, like you say, I think that people have been crying out for something like this. I mean, because my little lad really likes Star Saga with me, uh-huh. but uh, again, it's it. He he is playing with me, and I'm very much holding his hand. By the sounds of it, he's able to put himself into a game and let him run riot. Yeah, that yeah. Well, it, 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 that, that's the that's the intent anyway. And and, and you know, I, I'll say now it's not suitable for all because it takes about forty five to sixty minutes. And if you know, some kids don't like sitting down for that length of time. You know, some kids you can only play a card game for five minutes and then they're off, um, and, and that's fine. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's a panacea, you know. This is the this is the the the, the universal solvent of all board gaming. This this is how you get your kids into board gaming stuff. But you know your own kids, and if that sounds like something they that enjoy, then I, then I think this this is this is perfect for them, really. Yeah, oh, I think it's. Well, like I said, I'm going to be all over this. I really am because I know that my two are going to love it. So, and the fact, like you say, that they can act themselves into the game. Yeah, and they could go around school trying to get all their friends involved into it. It could be oh. I think yeah, so yeah. Well, the, the, Gary, Gary's um, one of one of Gary's Gary's job is he's a graphics facilitator, um, whatever that is. Um, mm-hmm. So what he does is he goes to people's <laughs> meetings and he draws things as people. He, he draws brainstorming sessions, so pe- usually team building sessions where they say what what are our values and he draws all these things out. So he's very involved. He's also very involved in education and stuff, and he he feels that this has got real potential for for educational purposes as well, like storytelling and, and you know, as I say, what what we've been keen to do is every bit of this game where we can open the hood and say, here you go, play around, um, we, we've, we've opened that up. Mm. Um, and not in a complex way. I mean, the, the other key thing to to say about the game is is we've made it as simple as we, we can 
because we want it to be accessible to as people as we can. So we want it to still have, we want it to still have enjoyment and tactical decisions and meaningful decisions for everybody who plays, including adults. We want it to be an enjoyable experience for an adult as a game in itself. And we also want it to be uh, accessible for kids. So it's that kind of seesaw balancing act we've we've tried to go for. I play I played it the other day with with some um some they weren't board games really they they play role playing games mainly and they they were saying this is the <laughs> now I'm not advocating this for children but this is a perfect this is a perfect game to play when you're <laughs> drunk because it's simple simple enough so it's a perfect game to have a few beers with your, your mates and just have a silly time um, because it's very simple yeah. you don't have to there's no complex mechanisms and things like that yet there's still tactical decisions and a, and a kind of narrative that gets woven throughout the um throughout the the, the game yeah yeah well i think i mean because one of the other uh, possibilities with this sort of game is uh, the fact that you can actually download your own sort of mean guys you could almost take it up a level again so there are a bit more so you could make it a more adult game oh you, you certainly can you certainly can and I, I, I even argue if it's not for the art um, which I think is lovely and charming and, and almost beautiful in in a yeah. in a very uh, unique way. I mean, not not it's not beautiful. Mm. Like, it's not aesthetically beautiful, but I, the the soul of the kids is coming through. <laughs> I think with the art. Um, if yeah, it wasn't definitely. for the art, then it could just be an introductory dungeon crawler. If I if I put kind of skulls all over it and and all that stuff, and uh, you know people with big blood dripping off their axes and things, it would just be a simple dungeon crawler. You can easily get away with that, but but the, my my passion. Oh, well, I love all board games, but my passion for board gaming is is kids' board games, and I think I think um, the fact I've made one now is incredibly exciting. Yeah, well, I just really like the idea that there is now going to be a dungeon crawler that is aimed at kids. I mean, I was just so happy about that. I must admit. So, how have you found the whole sort of development and design process, getting all the prototypes? It's and it's like been for fascinating. I mean. Again, one of the things I'm very lucky at is that many people have come forward to help. Um, so, and Mark Cook um, is one of those people. I don't know if you're aware of that, but but Mark, Mark Cook's on board. Mark Mark is um uh, he's a lot of things. Um, <laughs> some of them good, some of them bad. No, he's a, he's, a, he's a lot of things. He organises aircon, but he also works for the Plastic Soldier Company. He also used to be the CEO of Hush Hush Games, who did Fog of Love and things like that. And he's a he's basically a project manager for getting board games from the design stage through to manufacturing through to distribution. And so he's come on board very kindly mm. and he's helping me with all the the logistics of actually where to get it manufactured, how to get it from the factory to uh, hubs, how to get it from the hubs to the individual backers and all that kind of stuff. So because if I had to deal with yeah. that, to be honest, I don't think it would ever happen. In fact, I know it wouldn't happen. Um, if Mark wasn't involved, this this project wouldn't wouldn't happen because I don't think... I'm not a businessman. I'm not. I've. I'm not. I've got no desire to be a publisher. I want. I'm desperate for this game to come out because it's my passion project. But, but I, I don't want. You know, I'm not. I'm not thinking there's going to be a fantasy flight with my, you know, name on it. You know, ten years time or something like that. This <laughs> is. This is just. This is just me for now. So. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fascinating. I mean, the amount of things. The amount of money it costs to get a board game out, and it's not manufacturing. It's things like um, testing. Going to go tested for safety you've got to have like, like two different tests one for the eu one for the um one for the uk because we've obviously brexit yeah um brexit, marvelous yeah. <laughs> um shipping um not shipping to like the individual customers but just getting your games from the factory to the port from the port to the to to different countries and then from the different countries into the distribution hubs i mean that costs an absolute fortune it's, it's just interesting how much of the games cost is in the manufacturing and how much of it is in these ancillary things because most of it's in all the other stuff and the taxes and the customs and all that kind of thing. So that that's been having that kind of glimpse mm. behind the curtains been been absolutely fascinating and having a glimpse behind the curtain into the marketing and things like that has been interesting. I mean, I've, I've been doing most of the all the marketing basically because because I'm too tight to pay for anyone. Um, <laughs> that, that's ultimately what it was. It's like I don't <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind working hard, but I don't want to pay. Yeah, don't want to pay 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 for it, which probably probably isn't the wisest move. But um, but the way we kind of market it is trying to grow the community rather than do advertising and things like that. Because I don't really know what I'm doing with advertising. So so it's all kind of grassroots, which seems to be working for us so far. I don't know. We'll have to see see if the Kickstarter funds or not. 
So, so yeah, that that's been interesting and, and a, an insight into that world, um, and and then the, the development of it, the actual the play testing and things like that. That's been fascinating as well because I I hadn't really it could just be this game, but I hadn't really comprehended how vital play test. I mean, I knew it was very important to play test, but how much the play testers give you and how much of a different game it is from when you start to when you finish, and and without the input of other people. Yeah. This would be a rubbish game, to be honest. It would be absolutely rubbish. And, and I almost feel like putting everybody, else, all the playtesters' name down on the design because there's no way I would have come up with some of the things that okay. Like what one, one of the key mechanics in, in the game, as I say, that we try to keep it as simple as possible, but there's a few things that are, are, are faintly unique about it. And one of the key mechanics we've got is that when you, you're rolling to hit, um, it's there's no maths and things to do like that. It's it's just you roll a dice and if it's, it's each success you get on this dice um, is one damage to the enemy, basically. So, so it's very, very nice and simple in that way. But if you miss, mm. somebody, somebody was saying, "Well, my my daughter really didn't like it when she missed," and and, and my kind of my instant mm. reaction is, "Well, your daughter needs to get a grip." Um, <laughs> it's a dungeon crawl. There's got to be you've got to have peril. You can't hit every single time, otherwise, there's no there's no tension in the game. Uh, and to be honest, every time a yeah. bit of feedback comes back, that's my instant reaction is, "Well, how dare you!" <laughs> so I don't think that's a very healthy way. But then then you take an hour to reflect, and you go, "Actually, no, they've got a point." And then you change it, and you go, "Actually, this is much better." So anyway, yeah, they yeah, they, they they said that they get a bit upset. So after me after me going, "Well, come on, grow a spine," um, then then we um. We, we came up with this mechanic where you, if you miss, then you flip your card over and that allows you to roll more dice next time. So we say you become determined. Um, so you, you've crossed that, you've missed. So you become okay. determined, you focus a bit more and you roll more dice next time and therefore you may, you're more likely to hit next time. And that gives a kind of consolation prize to because there are kids out there that do struggle with losing or you know failing or you know missing or or things and and you can get some kids that get a bit sulky at that and that's just all part of um learning isn't it it's all part of learning and, and, and realizing uh you know it, it, it's, it's social development that's absolutely fine nothing against that i mean you know no 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 disrespect no disrespect to those kids but in order to help those kids get through those feelings this determined mechanic means that you've got a little bit of a Oh well, I missed, but you know, I've still, I've got more dice next time. I might do more damage. Yeah. So it just kind of, just kind of pushes the, pushes the negative feelings away a little bit, and and allows them to, it kind of helps them to push through them. Um. So so and that would have never come out without playtesting, yeah. and that's made a massive difference to the game because I, I really love that mechanic, and it's quite unique as well. Um. And there's other stuff. I won't go into every every bit and bob, but there's loads and loads of stuff where. Where somebody's problem, the solution that was um, kind of came out of that has just made it so much of a better game. Now, sometimes you have to push those away because other people, the one the other thing that people do is they come up with a problem and they come up with the most convoluted and complicated way of solving it. And you're going, No, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. I don't want, oh, well, if you put three new stats on the cards, then this would solve that. And maybe you could have a defense stat. And, and it's like, No, 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 you don't get it. It's got to be absolutely basic. And everything that go, everything that goes yeah. into it has to have a real purpose. There can be no fat. Because um, I think, just on a wider note, I'm sorry, I'm babbling. But on a wider note, um, with kids' games, that's the beauty of kids' games. There's very little fat in a kids' game. There's no bloat. There's no feast for Odin bloat where there's 20 different tracks and you're, you're doing all this and you're doing all that and you're, you're fiddling up here and you're, you're messing around down here. It's the designers throw everything but the kitchen sink into it. Because it needs to be trim. It needs to be – It needs to. everything needs its purpose – and that's what I love about kids' games in general, and that's what I've, I've quite enjoyed about this game is developing this game is, is trying to trim that those bits of fat off, really. Yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely spot on with that because too often you will find that you know you get these big rule books that are like fifty odd pages, and it's just like, well, how do you play the game? You just want the nice, simple, right? And like I say, because you're aiming it at kids, it's got to yeah. be simple. So yeah, um, and innovative. Not innovative, um, and so intuitive have, as well. Got, intuitive as well. Yeah, sorry, go, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's got to be being done for a reason, definitely. Yeah. So, has how much input is? I know he's called Cora Chris. So, how much of like is Cora the boss, and how much are you? Well, sort of like, who's in it, charge it, here? It, it varies. Initially, Cora was completely the boss. We made the game. She <laughs> she said what she wanted to happen, and we we made it all around that. So, the the, the initial game was almost all Cora. With me, with me guiding um, and giving options, 
but yeah. and saying, well, some games do it this way, some games do it that way. Which way, you know, what would you like to do? As it's gone on, really, the playtest has been the boss, if I'm absolutely honest. And, and, and what we've ended up doing is a, a problem's come to us. Um, I've thought of a number of solutions because these are quite complex things to, to wrestle with. And then presented them to Cora. And she picks one, which one she likes best. So, we, we, for example, line of sight is always a dodgy one. In, in that's always the the sticking point in a in a dungeon crawler. Yeah. So I said, do you want no no line of sight? You can just hit anybody in the room. Do you want this? Do you want do you want you can only kind of go orthogonally or diagonally, or do you want that we have to draw a line on the on the you know an imaginary line on the on the board? And she she was like, well, various reasons she wanted the imaginary line of us. So we, that's the way we went. So she 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 has made nearly all the decisions, but I have given her options on those decisions. If that makes sense, yeah. It's a bit like when a kid, how you get kids to eat vegetables, isn't it? You don't say, "Do you want some peas?" You say, "Do you want peas or do you want broccoli?" So 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 you, you kind of you're yeah. giving them two choices, and, and then they can go down that way. Marketing wise, she's been in all the videos and stuff like that, but and and also playtesting wise, what I don't want to happen, as I say, is to make this a chore for her so i've only really included her when um she's wanted to be included and i think that's very important i think that's important for all things with kids if, especially if you're trying to get a kid into your hobby you do it on their terms not your terms otherwise it's going to be a chore and they're going to resent you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so if she's not felt like making a video then i don't we don't make a video if i'm going on a, a, a podcast and they say oh can cora come on um, and she says, "Oh, I don't want to." It's like, no, she can't. Sorry, you know what I mean. I, I've never, I've never, never pushed her towards that. So, yeah, yeah. So, and, and similarly with play testing. I mean, talk to any designer, I think, and they'll say by the end of the process, they've played the game two hundred times and they don't want to play it ever again once it's published. And I certainly didn't, I certainly didn't want that to happen with Cora. So, Cora, the play, most of the play testing I've done has been with other people and sending it out to other people with kids and things like that. She has, she has play tested. Every kind of major revision, um, and 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 made suggest you know, and said she likes mm. this, doesn't like that, but I haven't made it go over and over and over the game again because I don't I don't want to spoil it for her. Basically, I want it still to be exciting whenever she does get to play it. So, so she she's been very very involved all the way through. It's got her name on it, but but I've also shielded her from the the, the drudgery of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, yeah. I mean, she's only eight. I imagine her sort of walking in bed and like file of facts and you know. Yeah, that's it. That's it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, this is all sounding absolutely fantastic. So, now, we're recording this on the Sunday. It's due to come out tomorrow, 1st of February, I believe. 1st of February, yeah. Yep. So, um, it's going to come out on the Tuesday. So, um, I'm going to say now, congratulations. Who would have thought we'd make a million dollars the first day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was in the first day. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We've We've got some very exciting stretch goals, hopefully. So if we do fund past our our goal, our goal is what we need. To, you have to order in in um, in thousands. So you need a thousand. You need to print a thousand. Mm. So our goal is four hundred, um, and if we make that, we can afford to print a thousand, which is weird. I know, but um, um, and then I've got six hundred okay. games to do something with. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll worry about that later. I just want to. I just want to. I want to be able to make it and get it in, in family's hands. Really, that's my. That's my prime exact. I, I don't know. I'll say to Mark. I'll say to Mark. Well, what do we do if we if we do foot, only just fund, which which would be great. You know, that's the entire aim of it is just to just to fund and get it out there. Rather than rather, we're not going to become millionaires off this. Trust me. Yeah. Um, but what do we do with those extra copies? Do we just say don't bother printing them and we'll just pay for them? He goes, no, no, you get them, you get them printed. It's like I haven't got anywhere to store six hundred games. What am I going to do with them? <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure there won't be any. I'm, well, I, I'm hoping so. I, I'm, really, I'm, yeah. As I say, I've, we've got a really good, really good positive community that's kind of grown up around us, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that will carry us forward to. As I say, not I don't even know if it's success. Well, it is success, but it's not about financial success. It's about it's about being able to, you know, Cora when she's forty year old and talking to her kids, saying, "And I made this game, and look, it's this, and and kids all around the world played it and stuff." And that that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what it's all about. And is there anything like expansions or anything like that we're looking at? Maybe something to do with like <laughs> Evan and Ale or something like that. Get uh, Evan and Ale, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's, yeah. 
Well, it'll be coming up to the Asia would have thought yeah, soon. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing I feel sorry <laughs> for. Um, my, my daughter's, my eldest daughter is uh, 17, and this is the age that I was going out and doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing. Uh, and, and she's losing all that. But anyway, um, there, there is room for expansion. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. Because, because it's so customizable, it's, it, by its very nature, that means that there's room for expansion. Um, I haven't got any plans yet because I'm just in the middle of this nervous breakdown. I'll wait till. Wait till that this one's over <laughs> till, till, I, till I sign myself up for another one. Uh, and people are saying, Well, yeah. this lockdown, you hope because we're back homeschooling again. Um, have you got yeah. oh, is that mean Conquest 2 is in the works? It's like, No, well, no, it doesn't, yeah, 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 get it's done for... <laughs> yeah. and Cora's uh, at the moment, we, we, we're talking about this. This, this creative project is going to be a Lego animated movie. We're going to do a stop motion animated movie with Lego. I think that's the that's a project for this this one, the creative one. But the schools are a lot more organized this time around, so basically, we're homeschooling all day now. There's a lot more to do, um, and, and Zoom lessons yeah. and things, yeah, um, which is with two parents who work full time can get a bit um, interesting. But um, but anyway, yeah. So that's not that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It is expandable. There may well be an expansion if this goes well. Then I I think we would look to to move it to a forest or and you know put some more adventures Ooh. in and a few more heroes and and you know put out like a 15, 20 quid expansion that people could use. But 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 the beauty of it is expandable and people can use. People can make make their own expansions, and that's what we really want to happen. And then what we what we really want to happen yeah, is people yeah. make their own expansions and then put it on our website, and so everyone can play everyone else's games and things like that. And and that's that's what we're about. It's about that community, really, rather than churning out expansions. This is sounding more and more. Oh, I love it. I'm loving this. Um, so just to confirm, is this going to be a Kickstarter exclusive, or is it going to go? Um, there's no well? plans to go into shops. Um, so yeah, who knows? Really, if if we if we do yeah. if we do get approached by a publisher, we'd, we'd be foolish not to not to talk to them. Um, I've got no desire yeah. to become a publisher myself. So if we don't get approached by somebody else, then it's not going to go into a shop. If that makes any sense? Because I, I I don't want to be no. doing reprints and all that kind of stuff. I want you know I, I, that that world is um is scary to me. I'm a nurse, not a businessman. So, so I've got I've got a job that I like. So I, I don't need I don't need to become a publisher. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if someone approaches us, and yes, if if they do, then and if it does end up in shops, I think we will probably put in additional stuff into this game that you wouldn't be able to get in a shop. If that makes any sense. Um, but but I, I don't yeah. want to promise that because I don't know. I don't know the future really. But no, no, but you're not planning who, that's to. It, that, not planning to, but who knows? That is exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, okay, excellent. So just anybody who's sitting on the edge and think they might wait, you might want to jump. In the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it will if, if it doesn't if it doesn't do well on Kickstarter, then no publisher will touch it anyway. So so there's no point <laughs> everyone sitting back and uh, not backing it because if it doesn't it doesn't even have to fund. I think I think I imagine publishers won't touch it if it's only just makes its minimum either. So 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 it needs to do well. Yeah, well, by the sounds of it, I can't see it fading. I really can't because I, I think it's one of those that if you get a copy of it, then you're on the winner no matter what. So well, yeah, I think. I hope, I hope you're right. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anybody wants to get in contact with you and find out a little bit more about, uh, it, well, there's, there's we've got a website corequest.com. That that's where we've got all the. The other thing is it's free to print and play, and as far as we're concerned, will always be free to print and play. So so you can go there and download it. It's um. It's also on Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia, so you can go and, you can go and play it there if you want to as well. Um, the links to all those are on the Kickstarter page, which I don't have the address for at the moment. But basically, if you search for Core Request or even go to corequest.com, um, it'd be there. If you want to get in contact with me, I, I do another podcast. I do a podcast called Sporadically Bored, which I do with Mike Delicio. Uh, so so that's not really about board gaming, although we say it is. Um, and so. And so you can you can listen to that, and if you want you want more of me, and we're on the Dice Tower, um, myself and Cora. If you want more of me and Cora, which is probably Cora's the the more popular out of the our our partnership. I always thought she'd be called Cora. Yeah, well, a lot of people say that, but a lot of people are wrong as well, Jack. So I'm the editor. She's got Cora Quest. It's not Dan Quest. I can come, I can come first in in Dan and Cora. Not that you not that you touched on a sore point. Yeah, Cora and that other guy. That's what we're known as. Yeah, whatever. No, I don't mind it. She's 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 um 
she's got she's got a remarkable amount of charisma in front of her cameras, Cora. Um, I, I think anyway, but I'm biased. No, no, you're absolutely spot on. You are absolutely spot on. <laughs> right, well, I think we can leave it there. So if you're happy, I'd like to say a massive thank you to you for joining us today, mate. It's been no, it's been very, very nice to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's time for the Kickstarter kick around. Bezier Games are bringing us an up-to-date version of The Castles of Mad King Ludwig. So this is an updated version of the brilliant game that was previously brought out in 2014. The game was a massive hit and designer Ted Elspach has decided that it's time to give fans a new collector's edition. Castles of Mad King Ludwig is an absolutely brilliant game. You'll be selected rooms from a variety of different shapes, tiles and laying them down to try to make your own beautiful looking castle. Each room will have its own different benefits that will enable you to score in a variety of different ways. So the new version is going to bring us all new artwork. It has a dual sided recessed scoreboard. There's some weighted swan player markers, new kings and favours bonus cards along with 8 detailed miniatures and a 5th player option. They're including existing expansions, as well as 2 new expansions, the first one called Royal Decrees and the second one called Towers. As if all that wasn't enough, they've also got game trays on board and that's going to provide some really nice storage organisers. They've brought on Agnieszka Dobrovkia, I do apologise if that's not how you say the name, followers of the show know that I do struggle with these sort of words, no disrespect is meant. Uh, it's just me, I do apologise once again, but she's done an absolute brilliant job of bringing these illustrations uh, in a new dynamic way. In the Decrees expansion, Royal Decrees are drafted at the beginning of the game to provide unique ability for each player. This will lead to a slightly asymmetrical feel to the game. The Towers expansion adds a new stack of rooms to the game and each new room is going to vary in shape and size. Every tower room is a different room type, allowing you to get a different completion reward for each tower. In addition, you get to choose a favour that only you can score at the end of the game. The standout feature for this though is that it's also coming with some really good looking 3D miniature towers. Not surprising this is funded extremely well. At the time of recording, we're already well over 650,000 when it only had a target goal of just over 7,000. So it's absolutely blown it out of the water, and there's still 18 days to go. Different pledge levels start at £73. This is for the collector's edition, which includes the base game and all the expansions. If you want, you can also go for a royal level, which costs you £95. This will also include metal coins, poker chip like favours, and plastic swan tokens. If you wanted to, you could even go to a colossal pledge level, which will set you back £124. That will give you everything in the royal level, plus it will give you an additional box set of colossal rooms, colossal secret passages, and additional game trays, and the colossal waterfall scoreboard. So if you're interested in getting yourself an issue of a revamped classic, this could be one worthwhile looking at. The first game we'll look at this week is called Kingdoms of the Deep. This is by game designer Ian Zhang and published by Galactic Raptor Games. So following on from award winning Animal Kingdoms, we now get to go Under the Waves. Kingdoms of the Deep is an area control game. It plays for 1-6 players and should take between 45-60 to 60 minutes. In Kingdoms of the Deep you play as the leader of a faction of sea creatures competing with your rivals for control of the Undersea Kingdom. The game is played on a hexagonal grid made up of 19 hexagonal tiles. Each tile represents a different type of terrain. Players reveal their actions at the same time. Anyone who was the only player to choose that action will get a bonus, and this depends on the specific sort of action that you've chosen. So some of the actions available are you could move, so any of your creatures, your opponents, or even the shark. You can deploy which allows you to place a creature onto a tile that either has at least one of your creatures on them or is adjacent to one of your creatures. You can opt to bolster, which will allow you to place cubes on tiles that are your terrain focus. This allows you to place a lot of creatures out very quickly. You can also opt to upgrade, 
where you will upgrade one of your actions, so the move, bolster, deploy, etc. And this will allow you to do more the next time around. You can also opt to use the shark. By using this action, you get to move the shark away from your creatures, or you can try eating your opponents. Alternatively, you can reset, where you will take all of the cards that you've already played back into your hand. Every turn a reset is played, the age marker has moved on, and once the age marker has been moved on three times, that's the end of that age. At the end of an age, players gain points if they control capital cities and from gold cards. Gold cards can award player points or actions, and then the next age begins. After three ages, that's the end of the game. I really like the underwater theme in this game. It has some nice additional add-on anime pools. So if you wanted crabs or seahorses, turtles, etc. It comfortably reaches funding goal already. So that's due to finish on Friday, February the 12th. You'll be able to pick up a copy of Kingdoms of the Deep for £29. Or if you want to go back and pick up some of the previous games, such as Lost Kingdoms, Pangerian Pieces, you're looking at £48 or if you want to get the Kingdoms of the Deep and Raw and Riot, that'll set you back £51. Or if you want all of the previous kingdoms, then that'll set you back £95. Once again, I'm hoping to keep the RPG players out there satisfied. The RPG I'm going to look at this week is called Colossal. So Colossal is a solo RPG adventure, which is quite handy in the world today, and especially as if you get the PDF version, this is going to be ready in March. So the world of Colossal is set in an impossibly massive castle where the interior is so large that mountains, valleys, towns, cities, even oceans will fill each room. Adventurers are trying to work their way through these castles and through each room and when you reach the wall all you're going to find is yet another room on the other side of it with new lands ready for you to explore. There's going to be a variety of threats that are going to exist out in the wilds you're going to come across strange animals and beasts and other barbaric or dangerous people. The greatest dangers of all though are going to be the creatures which are called rooks. So rooks are huge hulking stone automatons that patrol somewhat mindlessly out in the wilds of the Colossal's rooms. Every rook is going to be different and they are the only source of magic in the world. As such they are something of a target to hunters looking for tech they can scavenge artifacts they can sell or magic crystals to grant them strange and unpredictable powers. That's assuming you can try and bring one down. So you might be wondering what is a solo RPG? Well our RPG guru Adam has done an absolutely brilliant rundown on how solo RPGs work over on our website so if you want to go over to that tabletoprumble.com he'll be able to explain it a lot better than I ever can but to try and give you a rough outline the idea is that in the game you'll be looking to keep a journal of your adventures and the game system is a way to determine what you will count along the way and it's going to dictate the outcome of the combat. The book is going to provide prompts and inspiration but it's ultimately up to you and your character to flesh out the details and to write about what you discover. The principle of the game is that you're going to be drawing cards from a shuffled deck of playing cards and checking out their colour or suit or number against the tables to see what they represent in your um, adventure. So for example, in your exploration phase, you might reveal a card so which could be, say, the Three of Clubs. This might represent another traveller on the journey. Could be in abandoned ruins or discovering a mysterious doorway. And you'll be writing all this down in your journal. In the game, you're going to have a combat phase where cards are going to stand for attacks with the numbers on the cards showing their strength. So playing the right cards at the right time could be the difference between winning and losing. The book is going to be a 24 page A5 tome with all the rules required to create and play your own colossal adventure. The book also features black and white illustrations that will just give you suggestions into what the world could look like. If this sounds interesting to you, again this is another one that's one of those bargains and the PDF edition is available for just £3. If you prefer it printed, you can pick it up for just £6. Or if you like it to have a more of a hardback feel, then that's available for £20. There are also a specialised deck of cards, although you can use regular playing cards. But if you want to get the paperback print edition with the card deck, that will set you back £26. And if you want a hardback, that will be £40. 
Designer Nick Angel has done really well with this one. He initially set out for a target of just £250. Well, it's reached over 22000 There's still 11 days to go on this. This one is due to finish on, on Thursday, 11th of February. Anybody who's played The Wretched, or indeed our very own Adam Boise's Hacks in the Dark, which is a cyberpunk solo adventure, will be familiar with this style solo RPG mechanics. That's another show done, guys. I hope you enjoyed it half as much as I did interviewing Dan. I'm sure you'll agree he was an absolutely fantastic guest. At some point, you might have thought that Dan was talking over me. That really wasn't the case. It was more an issue with the recording software, which I can only apologise for. Just a quick update. Chorus Quest funded within 40 minutes. was absolutely fantastic. So good luck with the rest of the campaign, guys. There's still about 18 days to go. 17, 18 days, something like that. If you've got any comments on today's show or you'd like to join us here on The Ramble, then feel free to contact me at tabletopramble at gmail.com. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you then.